0: Hey, Welcome to season one of the Cafe Nervosa podcast. I'm Lauren. And I'm Taryn. We're two ladies who have a deep and abiding appreciation for the 1990s NBC sitcom Frasier. In this podcast, we're going through the show season by season, and we're talking about specific topics as we go. You can find all season one episodes in the feed right now. Along the way, we'll share
1: some of our favorite moments, great jokes, guest stars we love, character moments that last, and other Frasier-related fun. In this episode, we're talking about Martin Crane, and for season one, that means understanding the function of the character in Frasier's life and in the show. It also means we're going to talk about senior citizens' knocking boots, lucky us.
0: So recline in your duct tape-covered chair and pop open a cold can of Valentines as we talk about season one of (coughs) Frasier.
1: to start by talking about how Martin cuts through Fraser's high ideals and in doing so humanizes Fraser. He's able to do so often because he's the innocent of the show. Martin's, Martin is not as highly educated or classy as his sons. We're using classy in an air
0: quote there.
1: Yes, and he says what he thinks and doesn't buy into Fraser's worldview. There's a great example of this in episode two, entitled Space Quest. This is the episode where Frazier is seeking out a quiet space to read a book in his now-crowded apartment. There's a lot of tension in this episode, and Frazier decides he wants to alleviate it by having an honest three-minute conversation with Martin.
2: Ready? <laughs> Go. This is your idea. You say something first. I'll, I'll tell you something about myself that uh, you don't know. Uh, six months ago, when Lois and I were really on the rocks, uh, they, there was a time of depression I went through that was so terrible, I actually climbed out on a ledge and wondered if life was worth living. And then I, I thought of Frederick. And you didn't jump, huh? <laughs> wow, I never knew that well, that's the point of this whole experiment To to tell one another something that we don't know about each other Something vulnerable Now it's your turn Okay you Well, know, about two months ago I was in the basement going through some old pictures of your mother and me And all of a sudden something flew up in my eye And... When I was trying to get it out, I realized that I could turn my eyelid inside out the way kids do at camp. That's it? You call that vulnerable? It hurts! <laughs> I'm not talking about that kind of pain. I'm talking about your emotions, your soul. Some sort of painful, gut-wrenching experience. Other than this one? Oh, oh always a flip answer.
1: <laughs> well, this whole thing's stupid. Well, not to me. While I am a fan of open, honest conversations, I'm on Martin's side here in thinking that you really can't just sit down with no agenda except connection. Martin isn't intentionally trying to annoy Frasier, but he does, and in doing so he allows the audience to see a more human side of Frasier, and
0: because of that we can root for Frazier a little more. For sure. Martin's reaction is to Frasier's intellectualism and how he thinks he can control things and that Sitting down with an egg timer will solve their problems about their relationship And that's silly and we need Martin to point that out to us. Yeah, Lauren What do you have? Let's talk about a very Martin-centered episode from season one. It's episode 19. Give him the chair This is where Frasier carelessly gets rid of Martin's favorite duct-taped covered recliner the The chair is a stand-in for Martin, and it's the only piece of furniture Martin is allowed to have in their shared home. The chair is the physical manifestation of Martin in the apartment, and when Fraser tosses it to the curb, it's a pretty bad look. It really is. It's also a, a weird thing for Fraser to do, because Martin makes a big deal about bringing it in in the pilot. Um, And Frasier as a character is insensitive and egotistical, so I guess it fits, but it's odd. It seems more mean-spirited than Fraser is. I agree, which could be a first season figuring out where the lines of the characters are drawn. Definitely. I like that episode, though, because Martin gets to make a point about who he is and why his place in the apartment matters. And here's a clip of that. (laughs)
2: I suppose you're going to be throwing Eddie out by the dumpster next. Oh, Dad, I don't know why you're carrying on this way. We are, after all, talking about a 25-year-old broken-down chair. If you don't like this chair, I'll get you another one. Any chair you want. Really? All right, I'll tell you what chair I want. I want the chair I was sitting in when I watched Neil Armstrong take his first step on the moon. And when the U.S. hockey team beat the Russians in the 80 Olympics. I want the chair I was sitting in the night you called me to tell me I had a grandson. I want the chair I was in all those nights when your mother used to wake me up with a kiss after I'd fallen asleep in front of the television. You know, I still fall asleep in it. And every once in a while, when I wake up, I still expect your mother to be there ready to lead me off to bed. Oh, never mind. It's only a chair.
0: In the pilot of the show, Daphne talks about the chair in Fraser's fancy apartment by saying that you get one good piece and then you build around it. And I think Martin is that good piece on the show Fraser. He really is. And you can hear it in that clip. You He's sure can. the heart. Mm-hmm. And he does act, his character in the show serves as that little bit of grit that irritates Fraser and also turns him into a better person he rubs up against Fraser's notion of who he is in the world and he help, and Martin helps us as the audience do the same. I agree,
1: and Martin is the everyman in this show. He's the person who regular viewers can relate to and he ultimately makes the show watchable. He sure does. Another example of him doing this is in episode 13, Guess Who's Coming to Breakfast? And this is the episode where Frazier discusses his father's dating life on his radio show, much to Martin and his girlfriend's dismay. Martin is not pleased with how Frazier airs his personal business on on his show, and he tells him precisely how he feels about that. And we have a clip of that.
2: I want to talk to you, mister. Uh-oh, sounds like someone's being taken out behind the woodshed. Don't tempt me. Where the hell did you get off talking about my personal life on your radio program? Are are you discussing what I said about you and Elaine? You're damn right I am. I've never been so embarrassed in my life. Well, Dad, everything I said was flattering. Oh, yeah, telling all of Seattle about your old dad shacking up with a neighbor lady. Oh, come on, you old swordsman. I thought you'd get a kick out of it. Uh, Knock it off, Frazier. Thanks to you, Elaine won't even talk to me anymore. What for? Just because of a harmless remark I made on the radio? Hey, for your information, people of our generation think that sex is a private thing. And I still think that's a pretty healthy way of looking at it. Sex is something between you and the person you're doing it to. (laughs) Well, don't you... Don't you think she's overreacting? Put yourself in her place. She takes a chance and spends the night with me. Next thing she knows, it's being broadcast all over Seattle. I mean her friends heard it and called her she's so embarrassed she's never been out of the house all day she won't even answer the phone now i'm I'm sorry dad your sympathy touches me well look look i i caused a problem here and i will take care of it yeah well i'll be in my room holding my breath
0: (laughs) the person you're doing it to (laughs) good one martin classic martin
1: (laughs) This is a great moment because Martin is embarrassed and he holds Frasier accountable for it. When Frasier accepts the responsibility, he becomes a more believable and enjoyable character.
0: Yeah, if he stays oblivious in that moment, we don't get on his side ever. And you have to because this is a show called Frasier. Definitely. The next thing I wanted to talk about is how Martin serves as the moral center and the moral compass of the show. A great example of this comes in episode 8, Beloved Infidel. This is where Fraser and Niles think that they've figured out that Martin had an extramarital affair when Fraser and Niles were kids. Martin lets them believe this until they find out that it was in fact their deceased mother who had the affair. Here's a clip of Martin confessing the truth to Fraser.
2: I'm sorry, Dad. Look, well, son, do me a favor. Don't hate your mother for this. I wasn't the easiest person to live with back then, and she had plenty of reason for doing what she did. Luckily, we were able to put it behind us, but I'll tell you. There were times when it really tore me up. I loved your mother. So did I. I know, son. That's why I said I was the one who had the affair. I was just trying to protect her. <laughs> hey, me you already had problems with. <laughs> <laughs> well, Dad, I, I appreciate what you did, but uh, I still think you should have told me. Listen, when Frederick grows up, will you tell him what Lilith did to you? Okay. Okay. Can I watch my program now?
0: Martin is a good person, and he's a good man, and he tries to protect his wife's memory. It's sweet, and he's also really trying to protect Fraser because he's a good dad. It's very lovely. These are things we like about Martin. Yep. Interesting bit of trivia.
1: John Mahoney is 15 years older than Kelsey Grammer. Only 15 years older. Yep. That's pretty crazy. It's interesting how the show ages him up, even if that's his natural hair color, I'm assuming it is, but the cane
0: and his mannerisms make him seem a lot older. And the character is also written as being somewhat out of touch sometimes, which ages him as well. hmm I'm fascinated by the portrayal of older actors in the 90s. Um, do you know how old John Mahoney was at the time that the show premiered? If my math is correct, he was 53 when the show started. Yeah, he looks older than that. Definitely. I think for both of us, Martin is one of the most consistently funny characters on the show. I really agree with that. It's partially because of what you mentioned earlier, Taryn, about him being the innocent. He's He gets to have those funny lines. He's also a straight man sometimes, to the antics of Fraser and Niles. Um, and he also exists in a position to call out the ridiculousness of his sons, which he does often and beautifully. The character and the actor bring a good naturedness to the show, so when he opens a can of spray cheese and it goes everywhere, it's just funny because you love this guy. For sure. John Mahoney, the actor, is also a really gifted physical comedian. Some of my favorite memories of that character are him, you know, shaking his cane. I have a very vivid image of him with a flustered sort of stomping with his cane walk. I really enjoy that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, John Mahoney passed away early this year in 2018 um, and it's a real gift that we get to watch him on the show. I agree. Our next segment is 1990s nonsense where we discuss the aspects of the show that haven't aged as well as others. Reminder time, it's been 25 years since Fraser premiered, and a lot has changed.
1: Taryn, what nonsense do you bring? The nonsense I'm bringing is in episode four, which is entitled I Hate Frasier Crane. And it's a moment where Martin is basking in the fact that he can say the Crane boys don't take clarinet lessons anymore because Frasier was going to fight with someone who didn't like
0: him. It's a poor understanding of masculinity at best, and something more insidious at worst. For sure. Plus, what about the grand tradition of male clarinetists? Taryn, tell me some of these names. (laughs) Names like Ackerbilk,
1: Artie Shaw, Pete Fountain, and Eric Dolphy. Who doesn't just remember those names (laughs) and love them
0: dearly? And doesn't want to be in their company. I'd be proud to be as well-known as an (laughs) Ackerbilk. Lauren, what nonsense do you have? I'm happy to report that Martin doesn't actually have that many 1990s nonsense moments in the first season. I had to really look for mine. Yeah, and that's notable because he's a conservative character and he's an older character. There certainly is misogyny that runs throughout the series, and one small example of this comes in the episode called And the Whimper Is. This is the Seabees Award episode, and Martin is weighing in on the other nominees in Fraser's category. He calls Fletcher Gray aces. He also says that he really likes Mike Sanchez. When he gets to Wendy Yashiro, he calls her just a cutie, and that's his reason for liking her. Also, how do you know she's on the radio? Good question, yes. Um, It's not the most egregious example, but it's an example of misogyny, and that is what makes systemic misogyny a thing. So I wanted to call that out. I appreciate that. back to the things that we love about the show it's that time where we recommend an episode for you from the first season Taryn what's your pick
1: I'm going to recommend episode 21 travels with Martin it's a great
0: way to see Martin as a goofy dad who is enjoying time with his kids that's a classic I'm recommending episode 3 dinner at 8 this is an episode that we've talked about quite a bit because it's excellent this is where they go to the timber mill and order from the Beef Trolley. It's a great one. And as a special
1: treat, we're including a clip of the Beef Trolley. I see we have a couple of first-timers here. Let me tell you how it works. Every entree comes with soup or a trip to the salad bar. One trip only, please. Also included is our famous garlic cheese bread. And now, if you're ready, you can claim your steaks.
2: Claim our steaks? You got to pick the cut you want off the Beef Trolley. (laughs) How much extra would I have to pay to get one from the refrigerator?
0: Such a good show. Uh, One trip only, please. (laughs) Fun facto once Taryn and I went to a chain restaurant that will remain unnamed and had our own timber mill experience. (laughs) We kept our ties, but. (laughs) We did keep our ties, but. We Uh, couldn't stop mocking everything (laughs) in the place. (laughs) Yeah. Thanks for listening to Cafe Nervosa. Check out the other episodes for this season of the podcast. They're in our feed on iTunes and Google Play and on our website at CaféNervosaPodcast.com.
1: Also, you should go right now and follow us on Instagram at CaféNervosaPod. We're incredibly proud of that feed and you will enjoy it. Please also help us spread the word by telling the Niles to your Fraser, the Daphne to your Martin about Café Nervosa.
0: We like to end every episode with clips of our favorite jokes from this season based on our theme. Taryn, you're up. All you
1: need to know here is that Daphne and Martin are discussing the weather forecast.
2: Ooh, there's a gruesome bit. A partly decomposed body just washed up in Puget Sound. Hey, that's good news. Pardon? Yeah, bodies don't rise till the weather gets warmer. You get your first floater and spring's just around the corner. <laughs>
0: Oh, first floater. (laughs) Gets me every time. Absolutely. Lauren, what do you have? Uh, My favorite is in the pilot, and it's where Daphne meets Martin. It catches me by surprise each time and just really sums up John Mahoney's gift for comedy. I'm
1: Daphne, Daphne
0: Moon.
2: Fraser Crane, please come in. Thank you. Uh, This is my father, Martin Crane. Dad, this is Daphne Moon. Nice
1: to meet you. Oh, and who might this be?
2: That is Eddie. I call him Eddie Spaghetti. Oh, he likes pasta. No, he has worms.